Hello, everyone, and welcome to Super Deluxe Gamescast After Hours. I'm John, as always, Mr. Megative on Twitter, and my buddy Anthony Agnello is here. Anthony, dude, everybody who watches this podcast already knows who you are anyway, but just in case anybody doesn't, who are you, Anthony? Uh, and I don't mean like in the I, Sylvia Plath sense of the term, like I know we're all, who you know. I? <laughs> I look in the mirror every morning these days. John. Who are you that, really? That I want to tell, tell me the depth of Anthony. Well, the weird thing is, is when I do look at myself in the mirror and ask that question, an air horn just immediately starts <laughs> afterwards. I don't know where it comes from. Uh, I, so these days, I am the creative director at Greenlit Content. Uh, in my past life, I was a full-time games journalist. Uh, and these days, when I do dip my toe back into the games journalism world, I do feature work for the AV Club and The Ringer. And I'd like to also point out that you, as always... Or the creative director of my heart. I'm the creative director of John's feelings about Metroid Prime Trilogy coming. You know, we're not we're not going to we're not going to get into that right now. It's 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 a real thing. It exists. I'm telling you right now. It's that 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 it's going down, dude. That shit's happening this year. It's time. Absolutely. Uh, and, <laughs> and we have two uh, two uh, other panelists on the podcast tonight that I have followed for a great time and have a healthy amount of respect for. Both do great work within the industry. Uh, Tamor Hussein uh, from GameSpot. Tamor, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing very well. I'm 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 very happy to finally be on a podcast with you. I've uh, I've been a fan of your work for a long time and have followed your career. And uh, you do really good stuff, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm honored to be have been invited onto this podcast. I'm excited to talk to you guys. Well, we'll see how you feel about that after about <laughs> half an hour. Uh, and uh, and to more for anybody who doesn't know, uh, what is your role at uh, Gamespot? Um, so currently I'm acting managing editor of GameSpot, um, but I do pretty much everything ranging from daily news to, um, reviews. I help write scripts for videos, whether that's across the standard, you know, traditional video style or the uh, original programming team, which is more show based. Um, I'm working on the SEO side of things. I'm managing the team. I'm like, I've got my finger in every single pie possible. <laughs> Um, it's exhausting, but, uh, also very satisfying. Plus for anybody who is listening to this on iTunes or SoundCloud right now, I can't see it. Tamor's beard is glorious and luxurious. Like that's, that is damn impressive. Thank you very much. Not, not bad. I am, I am very, very jealous of that. I'm leaning into the uh, hobo chic that everyone. No, it's perfect. I love it. It's dude, dude, you're going to fit right in here. Uh, And our other panelist is Zachary Ryan with IGN, another individual whose work I have respected and followed for a long time. Uh, Zach, I have always I've been wanting to get you on here for a long time. And I'm glad I was finally able to make it happen. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, to join us. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm stoked to talk uh, about JRPGs with y'all because I, I feel like we've had several exchanges on Twitter. I've known you guys for you know a while, so it's nice to kind of uh, actually be able to sit down and have a conversation with you guys. Well, this is the first time that you and Anthony have actually been uh, have actually spoken to each other. Yeah, like, true. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I, I think Zach and I became uh, did we become Twitter buds when we had to fix the bylines on my old IGN stuff? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, when I when I dug up my my IGN articles from the ancient era of 2013, mm-hmm. which oh man, it just seems that the that's really year, depressing. That's, that's two full lifetimes ago. Actually. That's yeah. God, I can't believe oh. E3 is tomorrow. Can you? Like, <laughs> oh man. 
unbelievable how time flies like that. Yeah, like, I, I think whenever Zach or I are just talk, ranting about whatever JRPG we're playing at that given moment, we end up getting into each other's mentions and mm -hmm. guiding each other through the emotional experience of that. I, uh, I, when you started playing Final Fantasy XV, Zach, I was just yeah. like, yeah. Oh, that game is so good. It's so good. It's, it's the second best Final Fantasy. The second best, period. Like, I, I'm not going to... I don't know about all that. I won't go that far. Well, I've got... Anthony will attest to the fact that I've got some spicy Final Fantasy opinions. Oh, like absolutely. I, this guy like, has an Arden hat in his closet that he just puts on. Absolutely. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. My wife loves it. Anyway, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> um, at any rate, so we were having an interesting conversation on Twitter, which is how this whole podcast came about. Uh, we were talking about Trials of Mana, uh, specifically the remake. Uh, and my great misfortune to play it right after I played Final Fantasy VII Remake. So it, it was really, really interesting to see the dichotomy uh, of of effort, really, or, or budget, I guess is a, is, a, is a better term, between Final Fantasy VII Remake and Trials of Mana Remake. And what I mean for that is I know Tamor and Zach have not played Trials of Mana. Um, it is very much a, a lower budget title. Uh, lots of texture pop in. The voice acting is literally some of the most atrocious I have heard this generation. Um, like to the point where I started and picked Charlotte as one of my party members, met her, heard her speak for about 30 seconds and turned the game off and restarted and picked somebody else. I was like, I am not doing 20 hours of that. Like that seems to be a general consensus. I feel like with that character mm -hmm. is like people, people are, you know, I see a lot of throw shade cast at Charlotte because of that voice acting. Well, I will say this, though. I will say this. Number one, the baby talk thing that she does is authentic to the original script yeah. in the original yep. game. Absolutely. Just putting that out there. But number two, Trials of Mana does one of the single most important things that any JRPG can do, whether it's from the year 1999 or the year 2020, when these things were such a concern. You could go into those options menus. You turn those voices right off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that that, but that doesn't fix the other problems in the game, though. And, and, and so kind of what I wanted to talk about was, you know, when it boils down to it, I playing Trials of Mana, my one prevailing thought was, I don't who actually asked for this? Like, who actually asked for their to be a Trials of Mana, or other than Anthony, who actually asked for there to be a Trials of Mana remake? Who, who asked for there to be a brand new 2002 GameCube game in right. the year 2020? Right, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, and uh, in this economy, and at the same time, literally everybody asked for a remake of Final Fantasy VII. Literally the entire gaming world was asking for a remake of Final Fantasy VII, and you can clearly see how much effort went into one versus the other. So what I wanted to talk about was was less Trials of Mana and more how to approach remaking classic JRPGs. Because a lot of these games, as I mentioned before we went live, are kind of getting becoming lost to time. Games like Panzer Dragoon Saga and Skies of Arcadia and are, are becoming, those are just examples, are becoming much, much harder to play. Dragon Force on the Sega Saturn. Um, you, you know, like these, these games are becoming very difficult to play. Final Fantasy VI, which is one of the, it's my favorite game of all time. Um, the only way, the most modern way to play that is on the Super Nintendo Classic. Mm -hmm. uh, but before that, you had to hunt down a Game Boy Advance. You had to hunt down an original PlayStation. You had, or you had to download that horrible mobile version on PC. Um, and that's Final Fantasy VI. Like that's one of the pioneers of the genre. So I just want, I kind of wanted to have a conversation about games we would like to see remade, but also 
also how much care needs to go into these games. Like, like if we had to pick, if we had to prioritize JRPGs to be made, for example, I would not have picked Trials of Mana as one of those games that needed to be remade. And I wanted to see, I kind of wanted to just pick everybody's brains about that. Um, Anthony, Zach, Zach, you want to kick us off? Yeah. Um, so f- full disclosure, before we get too deep into this conversation, uh, IGN.com did give Trials of Mana an eight for great. Uh, our reviewer, Seth Macy, actually really enjoyed this game, uh, you know, despite its flaws. And I think his review did a pretty good job of pointing out its shortcomings while highlighting the idea that it is just like a, a bread and butter classic JRPG. I do too. That, that's about what I would have given it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm of the philosophy that there, there are two two schools of remakes. There's the straightforward remake where you paint everything up with like a, a, a new sheen and, you know, slap a new coat of paint on there and maybe throw some voice acting in, things like that. Um, I, I think that uh, Shadow of the Colossus is a really good uh, uh Oh, that's example, great. Right? Yeah. So like it's this beloved game recreated in a gorgeous like PlayStation 4 engine. Um, they did tweak, you know, some of the mechanics a little bit, but it's pretty much a straightforward remake. Absolutely. Um, and Final Fantasy VII is on the opposite end of the spectrum where you take the skeleton of a game and you really rethink the, the mechanics and the storytelling and, and the structure of the game and, and, you know, those kinds of things. So, so when you talk about the way that games can be remade, you have a straightforward remake and you have like a full reimagining on, on both ends of the spectrum. And I think that, that there's, uh, there's a case to be made for both of those. Right, and I think that Trials of Mana definitely <laughs> represents the former, whereas Final Fantasy VII Remake is obviously representative of the latter. Well, mm-hmm. what I so Shadow of the Colossus is a really interesting game to bring up because that game, aside from a few gameplay tweaks, didn't deviate from the original formula whatsoever. It was a literal, just a two to one remake of the game, just gorgeous. Um, and when you look at something like Trials of Mana, like as Anthony will attest, it's a straight up, it uses the same script, the same story beats. Like, I mean, there is, the only thing that's different is the, are, are the gameplay mechanics, the combat and the visuals. That's it. Uh, that is the only that's thing that has changed. Pretty huge things to point out though. The it, gameplay, that, the visuals, the mechanics, like, those, like what else they, is there? They, like, they like, are. Well, even, the, even the gameplay yeah. is really not that different. Like when you get down to brass tacks, the, you know, there there are a couple of things. I mean, you don't. Have, I mean, you don't have to wait anymore. Like, there's not like a waiting time anymore between attacks. Sure. You know, like it's much more of an action RPG now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I think like the the int- for me. Like now that I think about it, I think it, the ethos behind it is what's important to me. Like, why why is why is this game being remade? And for me, like just like Zach says, there's two approaches for you know the opposite ends of the spectrum for why you know or how a remake is made. I think this is the same for why a remake is made. And I think like they generally fall into two camps. One, and I think you can generally figure out whether it's worth having that remake by identifying which camp it falls into. The first camp being your adhering to nostalgia. And there are certain games that people say they want remade just because they want to to kind of feel the nostalgia of it. I feel like Trials of Mana, Second Dead Sets, who falls into that. Whereas you get some games that people ask for it to be remade, or a company might feel like it needs to be remade because there's genuine, like, important value in having that exist in the modern day for a new audience, for a new group. So, from my part, if we take, from my perspective, if we take Second Dead Sets, uh, sorry, Trials of Mana and Final Fantasy VII Remake, the reason you bring back Final Fantasy VII Remake isn't just because people are nostalgic and love it, but because there's a genuinely interesting message behind everything there, like the the environment, environmentalism, the eco terrorism. Now more than ever, it's 
it's you know appropriate and it's salient whereas trials of mana what is it in that game that makes it important to have out and available in the modern day outside of it being something that kind of stokes nostalgia I don't yeah. think there is anything there. I, I, I agree. Cam, I, I think that's a really, really interesting perspective for the bulk of remakes generally and the act of mm. remaking. Like, not just video games. Like, I and and it kind of, like, to... yeah. And, and, and like, take, taking that kind of taking that kind of approach from my mind, it kind of helped me come to terms with the fact that Shadow of the Colossus was being remade so soon. Because PS2 mm. to PS4, like, the reason I felt that's a good idea is because... The PS2 is on its way out. It's still available, but like I feel like Shadow of the Colossus is one of those games where it's so exceptional and what it does is so important and and so groundbreaking that it should be remade on every Sony system as soon as it's available. Just because yeah, that like like just because a new audience, if some new audience comes into a new console, PlayStation Five, I'd love it for Shadow of the Colossus to be front and center because they'd be like, oh. This thing exists and it's amazing. Well, it, it, it's really cool that I, I'm so glad actually that that Zach brought Shadow of the Colossus into this because it's actually it's a it's a such a great example of of games that I feel can impact generation after generation after generation. My son, when it was released, was 10 years old. He's 12 and he just turned 12, but he was 10 when it came out. And, uh, you know, I we threw it on our big 60 inch television and the sense of wonder in his face and and awe when he came up on his first Colossus and you, you know, you know, the, the footsteps, you know, and, you know, the surround sound was kicking in. And then you get that really dramatic music when you raise your sword in the air and, and shine the light at it to expose its weak points. His fa- he had he had never seen anything like that before. And the first time I played Shadow of the Colossus yeah. was in the Marine Corps. Um, and, and so, and I remember playing it on a shitty little CRT television in my barracks room and, you know, I love that game, but I was not able to experience it the way that he did. Um, like, I I think that with this game in particular, like that, that is a universal experience, right? Like the, 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 the key thing about that game is that sense of awe that you know like approaching those enemies the for, for the first time each of them and, and just having your hair blown back by the sense of scale and you know trying to figure out how, how to take them on uh, i think you know to what tamor was saying earlier the the point of any remake is like every game is somebody's favorite game you know, mm. there's somebody out there that that second then Setsu three is is their favorite game, and they're like so so stoked to have this remake be something that is tangible now, like something right. that they can actually like, down and play. Um, the scale of which that that those remakes, those favorites, come into play is is a bigger question, right? Like like Tam is saying, like obviously, like there's way more nostalgia, and there's way more more uh, uh, salience in in Final Fantasy seven, and also right. Like, more money to be made with that but i i think the interesting thing about uh trials is that you know that this is a remake of a game that never even made it stateside until recently yeah that's so last year it, it's you're kind of doubling down on something that is an unknown quantity in the states so for square to it's like two sides of the same coin for you know each of these remakes where you have on one hand this enormous you know, decades long sort of roadmap to re- recreating something that is so beloved. And then you have this like big question mark that it's like, well, we can put some money to this and bring this to, to an audience in a, in a way that is uh, celebratory and, and still, uh, you know, 
has the same feelings of nostalgia or, or has that same level of like intrigue. I think one thing that is important to do here in the context of Trials of Mana, though, is to actually contextualize its place in the history of Square's output. You know, the the idea that, <clears throat> you know, Trials of Mana is either being made for a purely mercenary purpose to sit there and say, like, oh, we're going to capitalize on nostalgia that, you know, Zach, like, as you're pointing out, that doesn't really exist outside of Japan. Uh, unless it's to like hardcore niche RPG people or to try and like completely redefine the visual fidelity of something and to bring its emotional core to a broader audience in a new age. Trials of Mana exists in another tradition, which is the fact that Square and a huge part of Square's DNA for 30 years now is remaking their games over and over and over again. Final Fantasy VII Remake and Trials of Mana don't exist in a vacuum. You go back to the fact that Final Fantasy I was remade for the first time in 1997 on the Wonderswan. Oh, yeah. Again for PlayStation 1. Then they made it again for Game Boy Advance. And all of these different versions are different. They weren't just porting to a different system here and there. And they did this over and over again at both ends of the remake spectrum. Sometimes it was very modest. And the reason that they went with the modest approach was that somebody on the staff just wanted to make it. That's how you end up getting things like uh, the remake of Romancing Saga on the PlayStation 2. The only reason that exists is that Kawazu, who's now like a VP at the company, was like, yeah, I just want to remake what my favorite game that I made on the Super Nintendo. And it sucks again, but I don't care. Can now I it's out there? Anthony, can I just Yankee PS2 RPG? Anthony, can I just point what? out like like a little off topic, but it is literally a felony crime. It's a felony offense that Romancing Saga 2 and 3 have been re-released, but Final Fantasy 6 in its original form has not been re-released on current consoles. Blame, like that, blame that, that on the fact that the creator of that series is vice president of the company. It just it like, what? rankles no in my... It rankles in my bosom like a like a thorn, like like uh, oh god, it, it, oh. Um, but you know it's 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 Zach made an interesting point. Um, <clears throat> I I have long said, and uh, I'll I kind of want to bounce back to that. I you know, in regards to what we want to see remade, I have long said that it's not so much, and this is this just doesn't go for games. This goes for it goes for games, it goes for books, film, television. It's not so much the thing itself as what was happening in our lives when it came along, um, which is which is one of the reasons I love Final Fantasy VI so much. I was a fifteen-year-old kid struggling with suicidal thoughts, and and there was a moment in Final Fantasy VI where Celeste, uh, in the world of ruin, is ready to throw herself off a cliff, but she does, and she does, but she lives, and she has the strength to carry on, and that really, really spoke to me when I was a child, so that game probably saved my life, so it's not that, you know, like, for so for Final Fantasy VI, it's not that by today's standards, it's an ama it's a game with amazing mechanics, it's a game that means something to me personally, um, and like Zach said, very rightfully pointed out, then I hadn't really considered, um, somewhere out there, there is somebody that, that Trials of Mana may have spoken to in that same way, um, be it here or or in Japan, where where the game has existed since what Anthony nineteen ninety six when that game came out on Super Nintendo something like that yeah um so and I I wanted to kick it over to Tamor and talk about talk about games like classic games PlayStation one era Super Nintendo era that we would love to see remade 
and 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 how we would re how how we would remake them if we could. Um, and so, Tamor, I wanted to kick it off with you and see what you come up with. Just just yeah. if you just want to throw a game out there. So Chrono Trigger, I think um, is an easy one. And I think that's, again, not like I'm trying to, I'm reasoning with myself to try and figure out what bracket it falls in. As I said earlier, is is it something I want because of nostalgia or is it something that I want because I feel like it does things that are, would be educational and, and like important for people who haven't, got access to play Chrono Trigger because it, it does become tricky and tricky to play it like they do re-release it but I think the passage of time is, isn't kind to most things um, and although nostalgia helps us get over some of the modern day kind of like uh, bells and whistles that we expect from games and enjoy that game for what it is it's harder for people who are born or came into games outside of that period so I feel like personally I feel like Chrono Trigger does enough interesting things and is a story that i believe is powerful enough that it should be remade in to some degree for modern audiences to play um i would love to see it get a treatment that isn't just like let's take these sprites and redraw them um but actually kind of build it not when i mean redraw them like just high res those same sprites um if it's a case of like for example, you know, they, they're actually redoing the artwork but keeping it 2D and top down and kind of being faithful to how it is instead of the Final Fantasy, like reinventing it as a 3D thing. I think I'd be happy with that. Um, just really cool, clean art. Um, I think that's one of the games that I would love to see done because in terms of how the battle mechanics work, in terms of the time traveling story, um, how doing one thing in one era affects something else in another era, and even each character and their place within the story and how it treats villains and and the kind of themes that underlie all that stuff, I feel like they're as powerful now today as they were back in the day. And I feel like they have the power to move and and uh, you know spark passion in a modern audience who would perhaps not go back and dig out Chrono Trigger and, and try and find the classic RPGs that are worth playing these days. So so that's a that's a strong game to start with, Chrono Trigger, a game that I would argue even today is like borderline perfect. Mm -hmm. um, so 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 let me start here. If you're going to remake Chrono Trigger and you're going to redraw it in 3D, I would say you have to get Toriyama on board and you have to you have to do it in the style of like a Dragon Quest 11 um as far as visuals go it has to be toriyama it can't be it can't be cg it can't be you know it it, it has to be hand-drawn art by akira toriyama uh mm. anthony looks like he's he's troubled by something i mean oh. like i think i was gonna say but like toriyama doesn't do his own art anymore so yeah really yeah. he doesn't i did not know no, that no, I, no he, I, he has like his fleet of assistants right? i had no yeah. idea yeah, he's trained basically a group of mini Toriyamas who can ape his style. <laughs> that is wild. Almost, almost all the Dragon Quests of recent era are Toriyama juniors. Let's yeah, call them. He, he does. Um, he does like the key art for Dragon Quest at this point, and that's that's it. That's, that's interesting. Okay. Wow. Yeah. God, you learn something I, every day. I, I didn't know his, that. His his the Toriyama army should absolutely. You and you have to have yeah. Done. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I have I have a complicated idea with the idea of Chrono Trigger being remade. I would rather see a remake of Chrono Cross. 
that is cleaned up that, hmm. that they bring in like Toriyama like Toriyama's people to sort of consolidate the aesthetic of the I thought world. that was the, the that was but, one of the things that was missing from Chrono Cross was yes, that 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 yeah. art aesthetic yeah it's uh, nothing against the the artist they they got the guy that made uh this real old 90s anime called Record of Lotus War which Dude I love like I love Record of Lotus War yeah, and like that that art in Chrono Cross but like you know Chrono Cross is a game that is fascinating but could be tightened up in a lot of ways you tighten up the playable cast you tighten up the aesthetic so that it feels like it jives with chrono trigger i think you reduce the cast that. in chrono cross absolutely i think you there were two there were cast. way too many characters i didn't give a shit about more than half of them yeah i don't i don't need like morbidly obese swedish chef uh, and his that, ability to that go was super so Saiyan weird, yeah. Somewhere in Sweden, a morbidly obese chef is real upset with you. <laughs> <laughs> just livid. Uh, yeah, I mean, as yeah. many times as I played Chrono Cross, I feel like I always ended up picking the same like six or seven characters. Me too. You know, every time the same. Like, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna always choose Glenn and Harl mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, that weird voodoo man. Yeah, yep. was like there's a few of them that I always went back. To. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, you have to do what works, right? You know, you have to do what you feel comfortable with. Um, I, I think, I think Chrono, I think Chrono, Chrono Trigger, especially, I think, is one of those games that I actually wouldn't want to see remade um, because Final Damn, Fantasy VII. So, 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 I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Um, I see it. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you. I would love to see it done right. I just don't trust that they would. Because I, I look at what happened to Final Fantasy VI, my favorite game of all time. I, I look at that at just absolutely horrid mobile PC remake of the game. And I wonder what the hell happened. And, it, you know, Final Fantasy VI also, my favorite game of all time. I, I don't want to see it remade. Because, because, right, like, Zach, go ahead. I think that I think that there are games where you know I, I think that there are games that are so so close to perfect. I don't the only game that I think is actually perfect, like top to bottom, is Super Mario World. That's I agree with I it, that's a perfect, game. A perfect game. Yep. Um, but uh, you know, I think I think that there are so many games that are so close to perfect that that you want to put them in the camp of of the more simple remake if you, if it's going to happen. Right. And like Chrono Trigger is definitely there. I, I think that the, the, uh, Ocarina of Time, uh, the, the 3DS version, uh, of that and Majora's Mask are like very similar in, in, uh, concept in that, like they're, they're the same exact game with just like tiny creature comforts that have been adjusted. You right. know? And, and that's the kind of thing that like you're talking about here is like Chrono Trigger could get a new coat of paint and have, a few things tweaked to make it fit to a little more modern audience. Um, but it's damn near a perfect game. Yeah. And like, yeah. And, and I think to, to Tam's point about it, like, you know, I, I work in social media. Like I, I run the social team for IGN and I see like a, just a complete lack of interest in stuff that is 2d anything that's sprite based, like that that's, audience just doesn't care about such a shame. They're just, they're, just, they're not into it. And so like, to, you know, I, th I think the idea of bringing that forward to a new generation and presenting it in a, in a format that's palatable is important because then that story doesn't go away. Then that story isn't only locked to the SNES classic or, you know, a, a, a bad Steam port, which I've heard the Steam port is actually better. 
I've heard the Steam version has gotten. It, a lot. it is, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah they 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 fix that. Yeah, but that, yeah, I mean that's that's the whole deal, right? It's like you talked about preservation at the beginning of this chat, and like that is the thing that I think is really key in this conversation. Is like it's not even necessarily that you need something to be remade because it's bad. It needs to be remade to appeal to a new, a younger audience. Yeah. You you know you're you're onto something there because I have tried to get my my twelve year old to play Chrono Trigger in Final Fantasy VI games that resonate with me to this day that I could sit down and play from start to finish right now. Um, and he is completely disinterested, not because, you know, not because he's, he doesn't want to play them, but it's just so like, dad, this looks, these are ugly. Like, I don't, yeah, you know, how like bands, how many bands did your dad show you when you were 12 that you're like, I was, absolutely. I was just gonna say, he's also 12 and you're his father. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that's, that's a tough context to get past. But like, you also, I mean, when you first experienced those games, you were older than he was. That's right? true. Like, That's a good were, point. You were older. And like you need to there's a moment, Zach, where people finally decide, like, hey, what is this band? And then you find out that your dad right. liked them. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like there's there's room for that yeah, kind that, of that realization that your that realization that your dad was actually pretty cool doesn't happen until you're around like nineteen or twenty. Right. Exactly. Right. Like, I think I think the interesting thing is like uh, the reason that, like and that that fact that you know, Zach said there, people are just aren't interested in the 2D style kind of is why I'm like, we should bring back Chrono Trigger because it's outside of the art and the way it looks, it still has so much to give. However, mm -hmm. what, what you guys were just speaking to there, it's so I had the same situation with my younger brother. And I remember when he was getting into games, I very quickly identified that he liked JRPGs. And when I was trying to tell him, play this game, that game, I found he would bounce off. And I think forcing people into, or, or like trying to sell people on a game as they're kind of in their first uh, baby steps of discovering a genre, it, it never has worked for me. I think like it's, it's a smart thing to just let them figure out whether they like that genre. And if they do, just trust in them that they'll be like, I like this genre enough that I want to see what the best of it has to offer and where the roots of it are. Because that's what happened with my younger brother. Like he started off with, you know, more recent uh, JRPGs. And one of his favorites is like Xenoblade Chronicles, which is a Wii RPG. And then from there, he kind of started to work his way backwards. And he'd be like, oh, I played this game called Chrono Trigger. And I'd be like, yeah, I told you to play that back in the day. And you said you were not interested. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, and now he's like, yeah, but I just played it. And, you know, I was bored one day and it's phenomenal. Yeah, but it's, it's yeah, but it's you that told me to play it. Like, <laughs> that's, like I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do, although I, I will say to more, I will say that uh, my son, his birthday was just a couple weeks ago and he asked for Final Fantasy VII Remake, right? And uh, and I was like, all right, let's yeah. go. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so, because I've been trying to get him into Final Fantasy for a while now, right? And, mm. and and to what Zach said, you know, like, I will say this, like, I'm already the cool dad because none of my son's friends has a dad whose basement looks like this. You know, it's got all this all this nerdy gaming stuff around who has a podcast. And so all his friends actually listen to our podcast and they're like, that's your dad. That's not your dad. That's not your dad. And he's like, no, that's my dad. Um, but he he wanted a Final Fantasy seven remake for Chris or for, for Christmas, Jesus, for for his birthday. And, uh, you know, you know, he grabbed it. We happened to have him on the weekend of his birthday. He popped it in and he played it for five hours straight and uh, was yelling at the top of his lungs at the motorcycle uh, part and just and, and that really 
Yeah. yeah, and 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 you know, and which is weird because everybody's like, "Oh, I hate the motorcycle ride. It's it's too long." I'm like, my my, my kid loves it. Like, and uh, but watching him connect so strongly with something that is was a fundamental part of of me or, or of, of my adolescence when I was 15 years old, um, was incredibly humbling and and moving and touching. And it's it's just like. You know, it sounds silly, but it's not right. Like it's it's just one more example of the fundamental power that games have that this medium has, which is why the idea of remaking older games and preserving older games is so important to me, because, you know, Tamor has pointed it out. Anthony has pointed it out. Zach has pointed it out. There are still ways that these games can resonate with today's younger audience uh, if we do it right. Um, And that to me is is it shouldn't just be important to me it should be it should be important to everybody because we all love this industry and you know i firmly believe that games can tell a more powerful story than than movies or television can because when you're watching when you're watching a movie when you're watching television you are a passive observer when you're playing a game you're an active participant you are involved you are immersed in the game itself and I feel like there are so many great games that are slowly being lost to the sands of time because there's no way to play them. There's no, like, like if I had to remake a game, right. Prince of Persia, right? Like, Oh, come on. Why can't I play Prince of Persia on my PlayStation four? There's no reason for that. Um, it's like, it, if I had to remake a game, it wouldn't be final fantasy six. It would be parasite Eve. Yeah. If I had to remake a game, that's one of the ones that I was thinking about earlier was Parasite Eve. Take Parasite Eve, give mm. it the give it the the combat mechanics of Resident Evil or Resident Evil uh, Revelations. Um, mm. a little more actiony. Keep keep the keep the role playing aspects of it. Bring Shinji Mikami on board. Um, amp up the horror aspect of it and use the use the Resident use the Resident Evil engine that Capcom uses. Oh, the RE engine. For the RE engine, yeah. Like, ah. I mean, can you imagine the the carriage fight with Eve remade in that engine? With, oh man, like like that that is a game that is a game because I've been streaming it and so it's been on my mind a lot. Um, that is a game that I feel would benefit so well from from a modern, just like Resident Evil Two. And, and here's the thing about like you want to talk about remakes like i feel resident evil 2 the remake is head and shoulders a far better game than the original in every single way um i i can't i cannot go back to the original after playing after playing uh, uh the new john one. actually as the pioneer of absinthe streams for resident <laughs> evil 2 i can say that the original <laughs> is still perfect if you want to flummox somebody <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean like 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 and Parasite Eve, I feel, is a natural is, is a natural candidate for a remake. Well, I thought well, Resident Evil Two is like Tam. You said, you know, those two ends of the spectrum. Like, are you going to do the mercenary thing? Or are you going to do the like? This is about like bringing an art experience to people mm. that need to have it. Parasite Eve would benefit so much from voice acting from a, a more human presentation from a cleaner look for like that script is already good like it's actually a good script back in that ps1 game and if you brought that you know people that didn't look like they were made out of like jagged legos that went through a lawnmower that <laughs> people would really respond to it. <laughs> 
You know, everything you said there is exactly how I feel about Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver. Oh, like, that's a good one. What a good one. And I'll tell you what, just yes. bring back Simon Templeman. Uh, and Christopher, I think it was, who voiced Kane? Was Christopher Guest? Voiced uh, Raziel. Yeah. Raziel. Um, I, I, I think I think Templeman's dead, so bringing him back would be quite... A, is Templeman, did Simon Templeman die? I think one of them has passed away. Oh, I no! I think, oh. I think it is Templeman. Um, so if they did bring him back, Fair play. Because uh, <laughs> Soul Reaver would be Soul Reaver would be fantastic if you did it like did it like an uncharted. Like, what if you gave Soul Reaver to Naughty Dog? Uh, no, you can, and you can, listen, listen. <laughs> I've been I've done this. There are two two companies. Yeah, there's two companies that can do Soul Reaver. One of them is From Software, and the other one is Rocksteady. Oh no, oh, Fr From Software is a yeah. good call. From yeah, software, I, I, yeah, but like I want the rock steady version of that. I want like movement, same buttery smooth. I want to see some cool shit happen when he pulls down that scarf. I oh man, can we all agree yeah. though? Can we all agree though that Ooh. like if you took Castlevania 3 and went to uh Miyazaki at From Software and said remake Castlevania 3, I mean, come on, like well, that's Tim Cherry, Tim Cherry for Dave. Tam and I have talked about this so much, but like I, I think that Kanehurst Castle in Bloodborne is the is like is the best 3D Castlevania. It's it's yep. amazing. Like it is amazing. Yeah. And it's such a, <laughs> like, a proof of concept. You you take your you take your hunter in there with the the cane, and it's it's just a Castlevania yep. game. Like it's incredible. But I I mark my words. There's going to be a part of Elden Rings where if you close your eyes. It will it will be Castlevania. I think yeah. that they they are making that game, and it is Elden Ring. Z you know, Zach, if there was a game that you had to remake, if there was a game that you were like this, I I know exact I know exactly which game, and I know exactly how to do it. What would be that game for you? Yeah, I mean, I thought about this a lot, and I feel like I I I am constantly banging this drum, but uh, Vagrant Story to me is the one that that is. Is sort of the, uh, you know, it came out at the end of the PlayStation's life cycle, and I think it was just completely, not completely, because there there are people out there that love it, but it was, you know, it, it kind of got, it kind of got missed in the way that that a lot of the other PlayStation uh, uh, Square PlayStation RPGs did. Um, I think Yasume Matsuno as a director is is prolific and kind of an unsung hero in terms of uh, design and storytelling. And Vagrant Story is the, the, it's him coalescing all of that together, right? So like, there's so many systems in that game that shouldn't work and do. It tells this incredible, mature story. It has this amazing art direction. Um, uh, I think that, that, you know, in a remake, uh, you could honestly streamline a lot of that stuff because I think to to its detriment, it has so many layers of, of yeah. interconnecting mechanics and it's very and, Yeah, and they're not explained yeah. well at all. Like, going back, yeah. to it, going back to it in like twenty, I think twenty sixteen was the last time that I played. It kind of shocked me at just like how many things were were intermingling with each other and and how many systems there were that I I had completely forgotten about and and it is a very very difficult game um but man the story that it tells is absolutely incredible and it, it's another one of those games that is locked on like unless you have a vita you can only play that game on an original playstation yeah it's just it's nowhere um, Matsuno has been tweeting recently about, uh, you know, he's teasing us, a, a, a sequel. I saw that. 
that's a shot in the dark. Like that game, yeah. it's sold fine. It's not super beloved like the rest of the Square JRPGs from that era. Um, so I think, you know, treatments written that's aside. Like, Zach, you could though. Like the reality is, is that game is so stylized. Like that aesthetic right. is so specific that, you know, Square Enix wouldn't have much to lose by making a more modest remake on the scale of a trials of mana with that and yeah it would I, still you still have that script you still have that story like clean up the mechanics and go with something that's very stylized that isn't mm -hmm. aiming for that final fantasy 7 remake you know level of of shine and you could have that like i don't well, think that's that's hold up. Like that, that, yeah. that that battle system is is so i mean i don't know i feel this way about uh a lot of matsuno's game in that they're so ahead of their time that they were really mm -hmm. pushing the limits of the systems that they were on right so like uh final fantasy tactics uh vagrant story final fantasy 12 you know like like going back to final fantasy 12 last year when the hd or maybe it was two years ago when zodiac age came to switch uh I mean, that's my favorite Final Fantasy game, and I was just completely blown away with how well it holds up. That still feels that you could mm. release that game today for the first today. time, and people would be like, "Oh yeah, this is a modern Final Fantasy game." Like it, it's yep. it's incredible. Um, so yeah, I, I think that you know, Vagrant Story. I, I'm my coworkers are sick of hearing me talk about it because I'm always drum. <laughs> but like, yeah, that it's my favorite PlayStation game, maybe behind Metal Gear Solid. But I think it's I think it's the best RPG on the PlayStation. You know, I was about uh, Ogre Battle sixty four. <laughs> <laughs> also very good. Where's the Where's the Where's the Beyond the Beyond love here? Like like, come on, guys. I was I was I was thinking about what what Zach you said earlier there, like it being a shot in the dark. And I've been thinking about Vagrant Story a lot, partly because you tweet about it, partly because it's a game that I loved i remember loving it but i can't remember the details of it so like i'm due a replay and i was thinking about how likely it is that they could remake it or even do a sequel and the thing that gives me hope is near automata weirdly mm -hmm. enough mm -hmm. like the first near obtuse as hell like incredibly niche yeah and almost like, i'm pretty sure it didn't do fantastically it didn't um, yeah like terribly it did terribly yeah yeah, but like for some reason they came back to it and um and you know Platinum took it and now it's one of the greatest games of all time. People know who Yoko Taro is and I feel like Square Enix doesn't have enough major properties going right now that they are more inclined to look at their back catalog and think about how they can bring back old IPs and perhaps reinvent them in new ways. And I feel like Vagrant Story falls in just the sweet spot where it's like there's some awareness around this. There's nostalgia around it. And there's enough amazing things happening in this game that we could modernize it and put out something that is like becomes potentially one of the best games of all time. And, well, and we it, keep talking about like we, we started in a place of why would they do something like Trials of Mana? And, you know, Zach, you said it best. Your audience at IGN, getting them to pay attention to something that is sprite-based, that is 2D, that is old style, is... Uh, that is a sisyphean task it will never happen and if you say we can get people interested in this property by making a modest three-dimensional remake and it does well like that that it, it is artistically successful it's more mechanically successful and maybe not a huge number of people buy it but people do 
that opens the door that just like you're saying tam that lets a vagrant story remake sneak in that lets a crystal chronicles remaster right. with mm. online play that's yeah happen. that's true i almost forgot that was coming out to be honest with you <laughs> a lot of, a lot of people did a lot of people did. <laughs> I, I think that i think that the vagrant story pre-order I, I holder I, I think there's a vagrant story remaster coming like i i i, oh, yeah. I, I well, think the way that they're talking about you know uh, the the amount that i've seen matsuno talking about vagrant story in the last six months leads me to believe that there's there's something cooking um I mean, that might just be wishful thinking, but well, I also feel the same way about Final Fantasy XII and then, you know, Zodiac Age came back to, to mm. PlayStation so Switch. There's actually something there, Zach. Like, like I, I, I actually agree with you. I think something is coming Vagrant Story related. I think it's probably a remaster. And the reason I think that is because uh, before the... Before the Final Fantasy IX remaster happened, they released a line of play arts... Kai figures based on Final mm -hmm. Fantasy IX characters. Before the Final Fantasy XII Zodiac Age came to the States, they released a Play Arts line of Kai action figures based on Final Fantasy XII characters, and they have now announced the uh, the Ashley Riot and Sydney Lesterat Play Arts Kai figures, um, which look phenomenal, by the way. I didn't know that, but I will be purchasing those right away. They look <laughs> phenomenal. So, so as soon as they did that, I actually thought to myself, oh, I guess Vagrant Story Remastered is going to be hitting us at some point. Um, which, but like, even if you wanted to make a sequel to it, like, whether or not it wanted, like, I feel like when I first played Vagrant Story, it was really dark for Square Enix at that point. Like, like that was a very mature, dark storyline. It was very, very Shakespeare. I mean, you even think about characters like Guildenstern and, you know, and uh, and Rosencrantz who were lifted straight from Shakespeare. It was very, very uh, backstabby and, and dark and twisty. Not what we were used to from Square Enix at the time. And I, I feel like with today's audience, after being weaned on games like The Last of Us, there is an audience for that now. Um, so I, I actually, I, I actually do think that a, a, a remake of Vagrant Story or a sequel makes sense with today's audience right now. I think that is something that would resonate with people. Absolutely. Yeah, I would love for that to be the case. I'm surprised. I remain cautiously optimistic. I, I, John, I'm yeah, Go ahead. I, I just want to say, I mean, yeah, Vagrant Story is pretty dark, but Xenogears came out the year before it, and that game has a furry mm -hmm. animal, That's true. anime puppy dog getting crucified. That's true. So, plus, plus you kill God, just, so, just you know, yeah. I'm actually replaying Xenogears right now, like, as we, like, it's on my Vita right now. I've been playing it for three days now, and I... I I had myself thinking back to uh, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X on the Wii U, and I thought to, I thought to myself, man, this would this would this or or Valkyrie Profile would be a really cool game to see updated, like you know it just and I know I know I, look a Xenoblade or a Xenogears remake or ain't gonna happen because that team is Monolith Soft now and I think Square still owns the actual Xenogears IP, um, so I I don't think that's gonna happen, but. Um, you know, I'll I'll take Xenoblade. Like I I think Xenoblade is a is a is a pretty happy medium. Um, we are uh, we're bumping up against an hour here, and I know that you guys have a lot to do, so I don't want to I don't want to keep you all night. Um, one I, I will say this though, what is? Well, I just want to start. I want to start with Zach and go to Tamor and go to Anthony. And what is? Just name a game. Drop a game that that you that you don't want remade. Uh, if somebody <laughs> if somebody said I I, I want to remake this and you had the power to stop it from happening, what would that game be? 
Well, in a similar vein, you know, since we're talking about JRPGs, I've always, uh, I've always had a real disdain for Legend of Dragoon. Thank uh, you. I, yes. <laughs> people, people love that game. And I remember even when I was a kid playing it being like, this is bad. It's not like good. It. It's not good. I'm sorry, yeah. Reb. It's not good. Yeah, and and so I mean, if somebody was to say, I, I'm never going to put the kibosh on anything. Like, I, I don't want to yuck someone as yum to use a gross <laughs> phrase, but like, you know, like if, if it were down to somebody was like, hey, we're going to make a, a Legend of Dragoon remake, I would probably maybe just reconsider. Maybe do yeah. something. Else. There you go. That's, <laughs> thank you. I have been beating that drum for years. It's just not good. Every time somebody says Legend of Dragoon is better than Final Fantasy VII, I die a little inside. Like, it's, it's like uh, Legend of Dragoon is what you think is good when you're like 14. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. God, that's, that's my piece. Reb is going to be so mad at me. Tamora, what about you? This is a difficult one because I think the game I most don't want to see remade is also the game I most want to see remade as well in a large degree. Um, and that is uh, Metal Gear Solid. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, I never want that game touched because it's, I feel perfect and perfect in its, of its time. And I feel like it's as, as a kind of a, a plate setting experience as a kind of like a, a, uh, a way to establish what the franchise is and what it's about and how it is tonally, it's perfect. Because anyone who tries to remake that game is going to change the way it's written and they're going to change the way it sounds and they're going to change some of the characterization around it. And we got some of that with Twin Snakes. Like there's there's backflipping off missiles that happen in there and it's just not representative of of, of like the, the entire Metal Gear Solid experience. I feel like when you play the first Metal Gear Solid, you then are perfectly equipped for everything that comes after it, like mm. whether that's sequels or prequels. And if you change what that game is, everything that came after it, there's a butterfly effect on everything that comes after it, where everything will feel a bit different. The one thing that you can say about Metal Gear Solid is consistency. It has consistency. It goes in weird directions, but when it, when it come, push comes to shove, all of that is not dissonant from what is happening in the original game and i feel like if you remade that you break you almost break the code on that entire franchise and it it just ceases to exist in the way it should exist well damn now my choice seems really dumb <laughs> temur said something really really intelligent and heartfelt and i was i was gonna drop some trash so I'll have I, to reassess myself. I, I want to hear this trash. I'm ready I'll, for it. I'll have to read my, I have to reassess myself now. Uh, maybe, maybe. A Anthony, what about you? Tomorrow, that was great. All right. Well, I, I was hoping that we would get through this conversation without me uh, yucking some yums. I, I think that every time you're on the There's podcast, a totally Anthony. not disgusting way to describe something. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I kind of wish I hadn't said it. No, it's 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 it, it, it's on brand for this podcast, Zach. It's, it's one of my favorite phrases. I yeah, love it. <laughs> I like it. I hate the Shadow of the Colossus remake so much. Guys. Oh no! Oh, wow. I hate I hate it so oh, much bummer. because we got an amazing Shadow of the Colossus remake, not even a full decade before on PlayStation Three. Shadow of the Colossus mm. HD, one of the first commercial products from Blue Point Games, is a perfect remake. It's not a remaster because it plays 
99.9% better than the original release, yet but, preserves the aesthetic that is this, so essential to that experience. The, the, don't ever remake Eco. If you remake oh, Eco, man. I will just turn into like the worst internet troll. Don't do it. Don't remake Eco. I, I, I'm learning don't, shit about you on this podcast, Anthony. I'm not sure I like eco is supposed to look like that it's supposed mm. to look janky it's supposed to be a mess if you make it not a mess it ceases to be the game that it is when you remake a game that is so idiosyncratic like the games by fumito Ueda, you're basically like gus van sant remaking psycho and being like i'm doing a shot for <laughs> shot for shot no, gus you're ruining it. You missed <laughs> the point, man. Uh, so I don't I don't want anyone to ever be like, you know what? I want to get Eco and The Last Guardian right. No, they were already right. <laughs> Shadow of the Colossus was already right. Stop it. Anthony, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna upset a lot of people who listen to this. Good. Anthony, okay, yeah. also, <laughs> Anthony, are you also a Last Guardian apologist? I'm an enormous Last Guardian apologist. Of course he is. I, I love yeah, Last Guardian. I love that game too. Yeah. Okay. Good. I will say. I will say. Um. Uh. The the effort and work that Blue Point did to remake the new version of Shadow unbelievable is unreal. It we have a, a quick quick plug here, but we have a show called Audio Logs, and we have an episode specifically on um, a developer from Blue Point talking about how they remade it, and it is fascinating. The original game, parts of the original game are running alongside the modern engine it, in the remake and it's and it's phenomenal and fascinating so you should check that out if you're interested i like blue point to me is one of the mvps of game development and yet nobody knows their name uh i they're going to this year their, i know mm -hmm. i know i know yeah i I, so. I interviewed their founder uh god he he's unfortunately passed away now uh but I interviewed him shortly after the remakes of, uh, or the remasters of Eco and Shadow of the Colossus hit PlayStation 3 for a one-up feature a billion years ago. And he walked me through their process of, you know, just retouching every texture with Ueda throughout the process of just remastering those games and everything they did for Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3. And they're just, they are, they're craftsmen of the highest degree. Mm. and just let let them yeah let them do whatever but they've they yeah, have I mean, they have they have remade the mona lisa effectively so many times they have so well that they like the fact that they aren't getting the attention for being like basically magicians is in is wild but i think they, they're about to have a big couple years well not yeah. to Everybody knows that the you know the rumor is now that they're working on Demon Souls for for PlayStation Five and like as much as I would love to see a Demon Souls remake, like I also really really want them to do their own thing. I would love to see them kind yeah. of unleashed to make. I mean, as, that, that's the other rumor, right? They're making a big new game of their own, which is so exciting. So so yeah. not not to tease it too hard, but I actually do know what they're doing, and uh, and and it's really exciting. Is, oh, is man, Blue Point, Blue, Blue Point's getting back to their retro studios roots. Metroid Prime Trilogy. Metroid Prime Very Trilogy, nice. baby. Like on PlayStation Five launch title, it's going to be fantastic. Everybody's going to love it. Um, so, so as far as mine goes, um, if somebody came to me and said, "John, uh, they are remaking ET: The Extraterrestrial <laughs> for the Atari." 
um, <laughs> to be released on on Nintendo Switch, uh, Xbox One, PS4, and PC. I would naturally assume that this was some kind of Donald Trump plot to destroy the game industry. Uh, and I would act accordingly. I would do what I could to sabotage this game, to sabotage its it, development. But John, what if it was Jonathan Blow's E.T.? Oh, God, no, please. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me submit. What if it was Fumito Ueda's E.T.? <laughs> <laughs> I, screw Mr. Ueda, what, Mr. Ueda, what inspired you to remake E.T.? I thought of him falling into the pit. I thought of him falling into the pit forever. And ever. And ever. What if yeah, e. Shinji Mikami's E.T., the extraterrestrial, like... <laughs> Yeah, I would, I would, I would shut down an ET remake immediately because I know, I know what happens. I, I know what happens when ET gets re-released. That means we've officially run out of shit to remake. Um, but uh, anyway, no, this this was great. This is exactly what I wanted. Um, Zach and Tamor, uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This was this was great. I, I know you guys are busy. I know you guys work for big outlets and you got a lot to do. So the fact that you guys took time out to come to our little podcast tonight really means a lot. Thank you so much. Oh, dude, thanks for having me, man. I, I had a blast. This is really Yeah, thank, thank you for having me. Anytime you want me to come back, happy to do yeah. it. Love it. Uh, Tamor, for anybody listening who doesn't know where to find you, where can they? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Tamor H. You can find me there doing stupid things on Twitter. I mostly use it. like I treat Twitter like a room that I can walk into, fart in, and then leave. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> so that's pretty much what I do. Me too. Yeah, and uh, and uh, Zach, where can people find you? Yeah, I'm I'm at ZachariasD on Twitter. You can follow me there. Uh, I, I'm also all over IGN social media, but uh, I'm I also am on uh, Nintendo Voice Chat every Thursday on IGN. That's our weekly Nintendo. Also, uh, check out Gamespot's Gamespot After Dark. I forgot about that. <laughs> Gamespot Gamespot After Dark is uh, currently my favorite gaming podcast. I love that that crew. Cool. These are Game these Boy. are all podcasts that I I watch. Um, and uh, so no, that's fantastic. And Anthony, I guess if you want to tell people where they can find you, you can. They can like, find me. They can find if you guys need somebody to tell you why Breath of the Wild is a terrible. You game. can find Anthony standing oh. at your window. Standing <laughs> <laughs> at your window. With a my homemade placard, um, <laughs> you can you can follow me uh, at a John Agnello on Twitter. You can go read my work at theavclub.com and theringer.com. And if you do feel like listening to me rant more, I host uh, the Continue podcast, and I also host Video Game Grooves, which is the nichiest niche show in the world about video game music on. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody. And uh, as always, uh, this has been SDGC After Hours. It's not always poetry. We don't always agree, but we always keep it real. So until next time, take care of each other. We will see you next Thursday live at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash official SDGC. Take it easy, everybody.